It is useless to serve God. What is the good of keeping his commands or of walking mournfully before him? I better not finish the homily there. Uh, that's what we heard in our first reading, right? So the prophet Malachi is recognizing that it seems that those who do not follow God get on better, that they're more successful, maybe more wealthy, more financially secure or maybe externally happier. Uh, and it's a, a, a thought that it probably crosses all of our minds at some point, you know. Uh, does following the Lord really, does it really, is it really worthwhile? Is it really worth the hassle? Is it really worth the difficulty? What's very interesting is if, you, if any of you have had the experience of living both lives, so living a life without the Lord and living a life with the Lord, It's so interesting, it's so apparent, it's so evident that living with the Lord is actually easier. I mean, mean, anybody who's had a a big conversion experience, when they have lived the life and, well, uh, lived life, I mean, that's even, I think, a, a misleading expression. When they've lived life according to their own whims or pursuit of pleasure or passion or whatever it may be, and then they've converted and they, 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 they find the path with the Lord. <coughs> while there may be hiccups along the way and while it's not that you know, suddenly they become saints and nothing is, is, is a temptation anymore, they do recognize that this path with the Lord is so much better. It really is. It's so much better. It's so much uh, more fulfilling. While, as I say, it doesn't mean it won't be without its, its falls and it, it, its trips along the way. They still recognize that this objectively is a better life. Because when we do only what we want, and we're led only by our, our own passions and desires, it makes us quite selfish. And if you've ever noticed, spoiled little kids are never actually happy. Do you know? Have you ever, have you ever known uh, spoiled little children who go, Mommy, 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 I want. And if I don't, I'm going to kick up a tantrum. So you better give it to me. Okay, honey, it's okay. Just wait five minutes. I don't want to wait five minutes. Really? And then I'm sitting there going, you want to wait five minutes? Sorry, mom, if you want to run along there, I'll take care of the child. (laughs) Sit down, shut up, and be nice to your mother. (laughs) Like, spoiled children are never happy. They're never happy. Like, And as adults, it's it's quite similar. I mean, it doesn't matter often for, for those who are... Well, to do, it never matters how much we, we, we have because it'll never be enough. If that's our pursuit, if that's our goal, it'll never be enough. Or is there something different about when we, when we know the Lord and when we walk with him? It means then we can have material things, but like grand and good and we can enjoy them, but they're never the, 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 the reason for our being. They're never the source of our happiness. We can still enjoy a nice meal with someone, a nice glass of wine with someone, multiple people if it's in, in my case. Um, uh, you know, we can still in, in, enjoy uh, a good day's golfing. We can enjoy a good hike. We can enjoy these kind of things, and it's fine. It's good. We can, you know, because these things can actually cause us to glorify God even more. Great. But they're not, they cause us to glorify God. They become a means to an end, and the end is God. Whereas when, they're the, when they are the end in, the, in and of themselves, then that's where it'll just never be enough. Because if one pint is good, then ten pints must be fantastic. If one wife is good, then let's become Muslim. <laughs> you know, like 
<laughs> you know, so that's kind of the idea. The, the idea. If, 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 a, if a certain quantity of something is great, then more of that of that thing must be must be the way to go. So if it's you know, it's good to have twenty, thirty thousand in the bank for any day. Well, then it must be absolutely fantastic to have a million, and that becomes in the pursuit and the goal, and and then there's just never any true peace. The Lord offers us something very, very different. Yes, it may look like the wicked prospered, uh, I mean, to, to use scriptural terms. It may look like uh, they're getting on great. But one day, I and you and all of us will have to stand before him. And he will ask me, what have I done? So with what I gave you, with the intelligence I gave you, with the, the good looks I gave you, with the, the, uh, the resources I gave you, the money I gave you, what did you do with it? Because all that was given to you was given to you to bless others. Were you a blessing? Were you a blessing? So it's, it's not enough to say, you know, I didn't do any harm. Well, yeah, that's like the person with the talent, you know, they, they get it and they bury it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're supposed to do more than just not do any harm. Were you a blessing? Were you a blessing? In our gospel today, the Lord talks about the persistence required in prayer. So he tells this, this uh, a comparison, a parable. Uh, a friend arrives unannounced. You realize you have no apple tart. The slice pan is four days old, right? And the milk is almost gone. I call into Bridie next door. Now it's 11 o'clock at night. And you say, Bridie, 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 get up, would you? Bridie. I need a slice pan and a litre of milk, presto. And she says, go away now, I'm watching the end of the day late. Bridie, get up. Bridie, come over to the door. Bridie, I need your help, right? And you keep knocking. And if you keep knocking, eventually, like just out of sheer, sheer embarrassment, she'll get up just to quieten you down, just to get you away. There's a similar kind of idea in, 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 in the gospel story. The Lord's trying to tell us, like, even, as regards per, even as regards prayer, be persistent. So God is actually comparing himself to the neighbor who doesn't want to get up and help. It's, it's, it's kind of a humbling story for God, for, for, for the Lord. He compares himself to this neighbor that, that has, to be, has to be woken up or you know, with, with whom you must insist in order to get what you want. With the Lord, it's not that he doesn't know our needs, but there is something in this. Why is he trying to teach us persistence? When we have to persist in prayer, it stops us from becoming spoiled children. It stops us from just demanding what we want, getting what we want, and then saying, and then walking away. When, when, when I have to persist and, and, and constantly, or for a long period, pray for a certain thing, it teaches me, it teach, even though I'm not getting what I want, it teaches me to rely on him for what I need. It's, it's kind of almost counterintuitive. If he gave me everything I wanted immediately, I'd actually rely on him less. I'd thank him less. You know, it should be the other way around. The, the, the more I get from him, the more I, I, I thank him. I was just watching a, a testimony today of uh, a friend of mine named Pat O'Shea. It's up on YouTube. You can watch it later on. Uh, and he was, mirac- he tells his, his own conversion story. It's a long story, but just one little part of it was that uh, he, had a, he was in a bad accident. 
I was on a motocross bike and uh, he shattered his knee and his knee then was healed through a, a person of faith. And then I, I, I was listening to the story, I'd never heard it before in that detail. And I thought, okay, oh, that, that was the conversion, right? So he got the healing and then he comes back to Jesus. But then he continues with the story. So my knee was healed and then I went back to my old life, drinking and partying and all that. You know, so often like God gives us a gift and rather than saying, thank you, Lord, for the gift, I say, great, cheers, and I'm away now living my own life. We forget the giver of the gift. So at times when I have to persist and constantly, you know, pray for something for, you know, maybe like a whole week or a whole year or maybe a whole decade or in the, conver- the, 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 the case of praying for the conversion of your spouse, not none here, of course, it could be praying for your whole marriage. It could be a long, long slog where I have to constantly go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm praying for their conversion, for their healing. Someone who's suffering from an addiction, alcoholism or something, it could be a long, long time before the person opens their heart to that grace. But he's saying, be persistent. Persist. Unfortunately, it's often only in our need that we recognize that we don't have everything together. It's in our brokenness that we recognize then our need for God. And I heard someone say during the week, and it really struck me, uh, they said, sometimes God has to break a heart in order to get into it. God has to break a heart in order to get into it. And it's not that he wants us to have broken hearts. But again, if everything is going smoothly for us, it's so easy for us to say, great, cheers, don't need you though. I've got it all together. But then when illness comes our way or bereavement, it's often only then, unfortunately, he doesn't want to have, he doesn't want it to be this way. But it's, the fault is ours. That it's often only when, when my heart is broken, it's then I recognize my need for the Lord. And there's something very profound about meeting the Lord in, in that kind of a way. When our hearts are broken and I go to him as the healer of all hearts, as the healer of my heart, as him the fulfillment of all my desires. When I go to him in that brokenness, I meet him in a very, very different way to, uh, Lord, uh, I have a, an application for a mortgage coming up. I need money. Sort that out. I'm praying to you now. Again, it's a good thing to pray for your financial needs. By all means, go for it. Um, it's a good thing to pray for relationships that they'll be healed or that someone you've always liked will fall in madly in love with you or whatever you're praying for these days, Kathleen. And uh, um, whatever's going on, like... Whatever our needs are, it's good to pray for them, absolutely. But when I pray from, from a, a, a place of, of brokenness, my heart's broken. My heart is broken, Lord. I've got a son or a daughter, and they're completely wayward. Or I've, I've just lost someone I really care about. Or I've been diagnosed with leukemia. Or I got an email during the week from a, a friend of mine, who I've never, well, a friend of mine, I've never met her, 
I've wrote her a ton of emails and she's written me a ton of emails and we prayed for all of her intentions very, very... I met, I met her through the live stream. She's one of my live stream friends. Don't know her at all. Uh, but she wrote to me during the week and said, Father, could you keep me in the prayers? The cancer is back for the third time. And like, Jenny, you think you have problems. You think you have problems. Cancer is back for the third time. Sometimes God has to break a heart to get in, to get into that heart. So when I'm able to, when, I'm, uh, when I have to, to go back to the Lord over and over again in my brokenness and say, Lord, this is me, warts and all, help me. I meet him there in a very, very, uh, on a much deeper level than just praying for superficial things. Because then I'm, in, I'm bringing him in to the deepest parts of my heart. The, the, the shameful bits, the, 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 the sorrowful bits, the, the weak parts. And that's then when I meet the Lord in, a, in, a, in a, such a profound way. So he allows these things to happen, not to punish us, but in his divine wisdom he knows that in my brokenness, if I come to know him in a much deeper way, that sets me up for heaven. That gives me a, a divine joy that does not depend on any material things anymore. I only need him. And I can have material things, but I, I can use them, yeah, all, all for his greater glory, but I don't depend on them. If they're, if they're taken away tomorrow, it's fine. I'm free. Sometimes the Lord has to break a heart to get in. But when he does, that means that in the deepest parts of our heart, we don't find pain. We find him. We don't find shame. We find him. We don't find loss. We find the beating heart of Jesus himself. And so we lack nothing. And everything else is a bonus. But we have him. We ask you, Lord, today to heal any broken hearts here in the chapel tonight. And anybody watching at home. Heal our broken hearts, Lord. Come into those places of pain and shame and loss, those places of sin. Come into our hearts and be our everything. Amen.